Dear listener, we are nearing the end of our journey. It is now season five, episode 11 for Book Record Beer, and this is a, a Nick Mahalik cast. I am Nick Mahalik, joined by my good buddies, uh, one Daniel DeFranco. Say hello. Hola, senores and senoritas. Hola. And Nicholas Gregorio. God damn motherfucker, you stole my fucking shit. I was going to go, hola, boys. But <laughs> <laughs> you, you still did? Yeah, yeah you still did. But y- you fucking stole my thunder. I'm, you're a thunder stealer. You call me Zeus. <laughs> you, you embodied Quim Font there, buddy. <laughs> That's like how you did that is how I imagine that character to be. I did um, some audio booking and there is a guy that sounds just like that. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what is the book, dear listener? Uh, I have I have picked a, uh, a pretty a pretty eclectic, a pretty wild one. I'm very, very, very excited to chat with these guys about it. Um, the book today is The Savage Detectives by Roberto Milano. Uh, a Chilean author. Uh, I have also chosen, and I am, I am very, very excited to hear what both you dudes think about this band um, for for various various reasons. Uh, but we are looking at Toe. <laughs> Name of band. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> album is the book. About my idle plot on a vague anxiety, their 2012 offering, yeah. um, and we are going to be drinking various things. Uh, however, I chose Modelo's Chilada, the mango and chili Chilada, uh, which comes nice. in a 24 ounce big boy, uh, Ooh, and there was only one nice. left. Daniel, I felt terrible. Uh, I right behind it was just more um, Tecate. It was just Tecate, 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 because I wanted to. I wanted to run one down to you, but yeah, mango and chili, and we have a Chilean author in Bolano. I'm just uh, you know all all things right now. But that is our cast today. Uh, what will you boys be be drinking with me? I'll be drinking a Cape May. Uh, it's called tan limes Ooh, it's like a mexican style lager with a lime in it and the connection is that there is a chilies in cape may (laughs) (laughs) author is chilean (laughs) well he he also did live a good portion of his uh young adult life in mexico city Oh, I thought so you were going to say half- Cape May, New Jersey. I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. That's not <laughs> on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm drinking Tecate in the in the interim before I bust open that gigantic uh, <laughs> fucking Modelo. Uh, Nicholas, what are you what are you drinking, my bud? Well, um, I, I looked in the fridge. I couldn't find anything close to what you said in your text when I asked you what we were drinking. So I chose a, a focal banger by the Alchemist. Alchemist because Ooh. there is a uh, there's a lot of banging in the book, um, yes. And I found my focus to be thrown quite a bit, and <laughs> because of said uh, banging, because you're sure it's sexy, it's sexiness, you know. And yeah. then um, the alchemist is like you know guys who weave gold from uh, 
base nonsense metals. And base metals yeah yeah so you know they, they don't weave it they're not rumple fucking stiltskin <laughs> <laughs> that's There's, listen i read that book man it is definitely <laughs> rumple stiltskin <laughs> all right um oh man i'm so excited so before we get into these uh because we realized we perhaps haven't done this before and while good old Roberto is known for his novels, I believe he's written 10 or 12 in total. Um, he is actually a poet. Uh, and this book is somewhat autobiographical. Um, he started a pretty outlandish movement in Mexico City as a young man. And, uh, you know, it, a lot of this, I think, does reflect his, his young life. Um, so we decided to uh, introduce uh, ourselves here as poets. Uh, what poets would we be? Um, I did not go go crazy. I thought, what poets would they be? To give somebody a good sense of you cats. Thanks, thanks for that. that okay. was... <laughs> Daniel DeFranco would be Edgar Allan Poe. Mm, I think in in it's in so many ways, it's, you know? it's it's I couldn't I couldn't you know um, I was gonna go with Dryden, but then i was like i'd have to do a little bit of explanation there that just i don't know too much context would have well, to be nick made. i think it makes sense because he's little wears glasses and is miserable so <laughs> <laughs> on the plus and is, i'm gonna is, murder you and bury you in my basement Gregorio. not married to a distant or near relative so that's great yeah. uh he does yeah. have that going for him uh Gregorio, you would be uh, good old gary soto um I uh, I had the great pleasure of reading his like on writing uh, that our mutual good friend Daniel purchased for me uh, when he saw me going into the dark arts of poetry and um, it, it uh, word it, it, alchemy <laughs> if you will <laughs> no <laughs> it reflected uh, I felt like just a uh, an easy conversation with you so uh, yeah Gary Gary Soto is who I would introduce you well thank uh, you I don't know who that motherfucker is. But all right, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's 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 got a very uh, ease and use of language uh, that I, I find reflected in your own writing as well. Oh, that's uh, very nice. Yeah, yeah, he did um, a cover album of uh, of Toto's greatest hits called Soto on Toto. <laughs> 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 it's not bad. It's not yeah. bad. You're yeah, very quick. I, I'm, I'm very jealous. It's not. It's not good though either. Uh, Nick Mahalik, <laughs> if I was to introduce you, Fucking Ted Lasso over here. Yeah. If I was to introduce you as a poet, I would introduce you as uh, Nicholas Mahalik, who's de de <laughs> chapo <laughs> was just released. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say himself, and then I was like, there's no way he's doing it, but that's what we did. You're Poe, I'm myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening, I don't need to explain who you are, because... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you're here, and that says something about you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're here for the three of us, I would imagine, <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. Uh, thank you, sir. Yes, I am. Uh, it is a wild... It is a very wild wild experience yeah give us that give us that title again melissa etheridge's seminal 1993 album made of two overlapping triangles instead of one man that's like available, a rating system available <laughs> <laughs> on ethelzine 
and press. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you. That is a very wild and awesome feeling, and it couldn't have been done uh, without the helpful guidance of you two. So oh, cheers to you, sir. Cheers mm. to you. Cheers, Gregor, sir. Is it, is it me, or does uh, Mahalik have that, uh, that little stanky published poet swagger? Awesome. Oh. Once you once, once you get that. that first one out of the way, you can just start strolling up and down the block. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I feeling feeling that I'm feeling a little swaggery. Uh, yeah, gonna get checked into the boards pretty soon, I'm sure. Um, so let's jump in. Yeah, a guy gentlemen. like Daniel will come around and just be like, "You're not as good as you think you are," and then yeah. you know. <laughs> and you smell like shit, dude. Take a shower. <laughs> Much like these poets. Uh, much like the poets in this tome, uh, they um they lack sh- they lack some showering pretty often. That showering is is an oddly central part of this. Uh, at at I think the large chunk. So what is this book, The Savage Detectives? It's it's it is a critically acclaimed novel. Um, it puts him, uh, our author Roberto Bolano, in that upper echelon of what is actually a to him especially, disturbingly small group of authors, uh, Latin American authors. He is fucking pissed about how few Latin American authors make it out of very, very small niche realms of literary circle. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen any interviews with him. Uh, just about everyone I watched, he talks about that. He goes, there's in 300 plus years we have three authors um and these are of course ones that he deems worthwhile and 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 um you know he's he has a little bit of swagger as well uh, yeah, he, to, he he shits on your boy marquez he, he does he shits on marquez a lot which is annoying because he's all about um he's all about uh what is his name uh borges um and Kivado who Kivado, you know, like Marquez ramps up everything Kivado was doing, right? With magical realism and all that kind of shit. So I'm, I, I'm frankly surprised by that. Um, and now we're doing what Bolano does in the book and just naming poets that probably nobody fucking has any <laughs> idea about. Um, but you're, you're absolutely right. He shits on people who I, I and, and much of the, the literary world here in America deems as, as really worthwhile. Um, but of course, we are not Latin American authors, so he, he certainly has a leg up on us. Um, for him, there's, there's three in the past nearly 400 years. It's Cervantes, Guevara, and Borges. Um, or Borgia, sorry. Uh, that are his, his three, and, that's, and, and he's like, and that's it. And it's fucking infuriating that those are the three. Um, that's, that's all we have. So in any case, in this, he takes, I think, and you guys, I'd love to start here. He takes a bit of a note from Cervantes and, of course, uh, Don Quixote and, and creates this Quixote-esque sort of um, uh, wild-ass journey, I guess you could say. A quest. A quest, yes. And the way that it's set up, I found I really enjoyed. Um, I really loved it. It's... It's nonlinear in a way that I really like, which I've said a million times. So it starts with this very young poet's sort of like introduction to realizing that he is an artist and recognizing what that might entail and also the type of artist that he wants to be, which I think is usually a lifelong journey, but he, he sees it pretty, pretty 
pretty strongly right out of the gate. Um, so much so that he, he, he quits college almost immediately and tries to align himself with the visceral realists, um, which are, of course, the, the main protagonists in this, um, in this story. So we have a part A, which is this young man's sort of like um, experience with the visceral realists, almost immediately becoming a visceral realist, uh, <laughs> be, you know, no longer being a virgin as well. Like there's, there's a of a, uh, what's that called? A, something Roman. Um, Bildung's Roman. Bildung's Roman, yeah. Uh, so there's, there's a bit of that going on in this first one. Then you have about 400 fucking pages of interviews <laughs> with about, uh, I, it's close to 100 different people, I think, um, all of whom have interacted with the two main this uh, little realists, um, which are of course uh, Atoro. Uh, I always want to say Bellano, but it's and it is kind of him, right? Don't you feel? Yeah, like? it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like a surrogate. And, yeah, um, and then um, is it? I always want to say Ulysses. Ulysses. Ulysses Lima. So those are the two dudes the or original visceral realists um, that all these others who are interviewed throughout this very large second section of the book um, are either uh, aligned with as poets and artists themselves in visceral realism or they have come in contact with them in some way, been lovers, been um, just touched <laughs> in, in the, the crosshairs of their lives. And all of them seem to have a fairly negative experience with them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it does... Some have really, really positive ones, uh, but the majority have either neutral or super negative uh, yeah. experiences. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, they're like, that fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah, there's just so many different things. I can't, I really, I'm excited to get into that because how he did that. And then the third part, which is, I think, the last 50 pages or so, is yeah, where right. we, uh, we meet up with Juan again and it picks up exactly where he left off from part one, like the next day. Yeah. Um, and I love that he goes, I realized I'm writing about yesterday today and I'll be writing about today, tomorrow. And then there's a, this m mystical invisible day. Um, and sort of like in, in a paragraph deconstructs what it means to journal and remember. Um, which I thought was really cool to start. Like you've gone through this huge, like literally 400 page section of all these various stories of these two men's lives. And then you get reintroduced to your original dude. I want to start here. Did you have to remember anything or could you literally just roll right into part three? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I think um, if you wanted a complete like um, story, I guess, just one story, you can go part one and part three. And there's a novel right there. Truly. Like you could take sure. the whole centerpiece out and there's there's your book. Um, but the book isn't about Juan. It's a, it's about, you know, literature. It's about these two guys and their quest to find a poet it's about like it's about to start life. a movement as well i'd argue yeah yeah and like it, it's it's about a few things and then a, and then it's also about nothing so you know depending on what you want <laughs> you can probably guess, do a little bit of both sure I, I guess the thing is though like coming from how large of a section that was and how non-linear it is right like mm -hmm. you're moving 
chron chronologically for most of it, right? So you start in 1976, kind of after part one leaves off, and then you you move year to year. But there are some 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 jump backs and different things. Um, but there's so much and so many different voices and stories. I was amazed that when I came out of that and met up with Juan again, it was as if no time had passed. Like I literally was right back in the Impala. I was on the road trip with them again. And it was, uh, you know, I, I was like, I literally for a second was like Lupe. Oh, Lupe. Like th that was right. the only thing that I, I had to think about for a second. Cause she's doesn't make an appearance really in the, in the, in the middle section at all. Right. Um, so I don't know for me, that was as far as, the writing goes pretty amazing to divert me for so long, take me down so many different paths in a very Quixote way. Um, and then bring me back to the beginning. And I, I flawlessly, I, I was, you know, I was right in it and I was really, really, um, I didn't know that was going to happen at all. This is my first time reading it. I had no idea yeah. that was going to happen. And then when you get back into it, to to go into it and 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 go i don't need to go back at all and check this i thought that was pretty amazing um i was i was a little bit blown away by that so i did want to start with that because that's just like it's a unique way to write a fucking book i don't know that i've read another like it um and the fact that it went so smoothly for me i don't know i was pretty blown away by that um i don't know daniel you have any thoughts on it it's a fun framing device it's kind of my only thought <laughs> You know, that you it, get your that it you was clever your, or or different or what? Um, an interesting way to tell a story because you've got the two guys on their quest, and then it just gets interrupted. And and you're right, um, it is fucking forever. Uh, <laughs> and then you come back to their quest. Um, I don't know. I don't really have any any. I don't think I have a worthy contribution. It was fine. It didn't really. I thought it was fine. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't know. Like what that framing device um, was supposed to do, except, I mean, it worked, because then we get all these different, uh, like, like a 30-year span of, of, the, of, of the lives of these poets they're looking for before they find them. So it's kind of fun. It, we, like, we get a little, um, what's that, dramatic irony, right? We know all these things now when we come back to follow their journey. Yes. Yes. And so this is one of the things that came up for me because with this book, it's, it's so big, right? It's 650 pages. Um, I don't think we can get into the, all the nuance and detail of the writing and, and all this, this various stuff. I, I, I think the thing to take away from it and, may, and perhaps what I'd like to talk about, and you know, you guys can obviously take me down another path if you want. But like one of the big things for me is this idea of legend and legacy and mm. how that gets created and what that means. And, and for me, one of the big things about this is like, you see what it means to be an artist right in their infancy with Juan in the beginning, right? This is yeah. somebody who recognizes they want to be an artist and then they go about doing it. And we see them doing what essentially all of us, all of us do, which is this really kind of fascinating thing where we just consume the art we're interested in as much as we possibly can. And, 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 and we, we find ourselves, it, it, it sort of like becomes a part of our DNA. And yeah, I've not seen only, you in the shower, like with a book. Yes. 
exactly and 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 he knows because the pages are wet when he comes out everything like that like exactly you're consuming 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 and then when you think about what we're actually tangibly doing right beyond just reading if we want to be a writer or listening to music we want to be a musician etc is then we start stealing those little bits from all the artists that we so admire Mm -hmm. right and then they actually become part of our art and and the dna of our art and so i wondered if like that whole middle section when we're seeing the legend of these two men and how people sort of like saw them uh it didn't really matter because they were still telling those guys story right the legend existed and it's still the legacy was there and i wonder if there's this interesting thing that perhaps he's commenting on where it's like you know you're you exist as you see yourself and in a different and in a million different ways as well yeah. um and that he's trying to sort of grapple with and play with that a little bit that was like my first takeaway from like what the fuck is this middle section because i think that's a big question with this book is what the fuck is this middle section there's obviously yeah. a purpose there's obviously something there and for me the first thing i came to was this is him grappling with the idea of legend legacy and this idea of who you are existing in these multiple fragmented ways. Yeah, I've got I've got two thoughts on that. Um, thought A, uh, it's a lot like in The Force Awakens when go on Han, when Han Solo is confronted and he's like, "Oh, are all those stories true?" And he says, "It's true, all of it." <laughs> Right. And it's like, you know, these things like fade away to, uh, you know, legends, but it's true. <laughs> oh, it is. That is true. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what Chewie was saying. And um, the, 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 the second thought, thought two, um, that was thought A. Here's um, number two. Yeah. is more genuine off, thought, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is in SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> but, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> You're talking about um, legend and legacy. Um, this is actually not an original thought, but I was doing some, I was reading some critical analyses uh, earlier this morning. And it was, uh, it's a theme that has come up quite a bit in these Nick Mahalik tangents is uh, <laughs> pushing the art forward. It's up to the new generation sure. to uh, capture the zeitgeist and push it forward. And I, and I love that you, you referenced how they are paying homage to everything that came before, mm-hmm. right? And and kind of um, what what would it, what would it, what would it be called if you are honoring the legend so that the legends don't die? There's got to be a word for that, right? Dude, I you um, know who would know? Fucking Juan would know. He would remember when he's just quizzing them on every yeah because m- he's a metric and put put thing. I no, I think that's his defense mechanism. I think he's I think he so doesn't... young and he feels so out of his, his, his comfort zone because all he knows, and he says it, right? He's an orphan, so he just memorizes all this stuff so he can yeah. kind of hold his own. But like he hasn't done really anything to establish himself enough to just be, right? People talk and talk and talk and talk when they can't just be because they don't feel that they are uh, worthwhile enough or, or they've done enough to, to exist in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but um, but no, that no, was no. such a you, good point. But so the good the good doctor Samuel Johnson, you guys know him, right? First dictionary, like seventeen hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a buddy of mine. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, he's still he's still kicking about. Um, I'm I'm totally paraphrasing, but like a hundred years ago when I was studying him, there was this a, a phrase that he wrote that was no artist who was concerned with the tools of the art ever became an artist. Dude, paraphrasing. That's, a, that's and I, I get it. That's great. Yeah, and as musicians, we know this. We've all probably been that person and we know these people where it's like well i just got to get this piece of gear and then they're surrounded by all this gear or in this case of uh, uh one of our narrators uh, from part a he wants to have all of this knowledge but that doesn't make you a poet just because you know what a um you know a sejura is which is i mean that's like poetry 101 but yeah i, I don't exactly. remember like all the bullshit that he was he like knew every i mean meter it goes, and, he, yeah exactly yeah didactically hexameter and all this stuff yeah. you know he just goes off and off and off on every sort of and he's the thing is is like a child he's picking the most obscure things right to mm -hmm. sort of go i know it and that's what that's what it's literally immaturity manifest right there right that that's what it yeah. is we you've picked the most obscure thing that nobody who is doing the thing might actually ever even use nor if they do it would know that they did it yeah right to yep. your point no exactly. exactly yep 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 it's it's so it it, it it points to um that one scene where uh the guy's like you he's talking to the to the other poet in the in the bar and he says you just spent a hundred thousand dollars on a degree you could have gotten with a library card <laughs> and then he was like, but do you, do you like fruit that grows off of trees? And uh, how about them? How about them, sir? Yeah, yeah it's, it is. Um... But it was all in Spanish. So I, I'm so I'm paraphrasing. Spanish is not very good. So I, I feel like that's what he said. It is amazing that he that he quits school like that, yeah. though. The, meeting him in the beginning and also knowing how much he values knowing stuff. It actually was and I don't think it was intentional really, but it is like pretty critical of higher education uh, pretty early too, right? Like this, this book comes out in 98. I think it's published in English. The translations in 2007, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And he, he is pretty critical when it comes to art in school and art in higher education. Cause all the people that he doesn't like um, are professors yeah wait right? in did, real life like he may he mentions i mean he goes off there's there's hundreds and hundreds of real poets who have lived that are that are are mentioned throughout this novel yeah um, did 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 balana rip off goodwill hunting or did goodwill hunting rip off him then it's <laughs> a good question um yeah. you know what's weird i've seen numerous dates of when this was published in uh, I think Barcelona and then yeah. when it was when it really published and stuff. So I don't actually know when it like the origin date is, but <laughs> you're, you're, you're such an asshole. Um, <laughs> so, you know, everyone's got to bring something to the table and uh, it's, it's a prime cut, you know, it's gourmet. <laughs> um, Nick, any, any thoughts on, you know, this idea of, what he's commenting on in terms of like the creation of an artist and, and their relationship to the art itself, you know? Um, no. <laughs> um, I, I see, see, I was, I, I am, I struggled with this book mainly because of its length and, and the, the, the time commitment. 
Um, but I will say, and I, and and I and I hope this adds something to the conversation, is that this is one of the those books that transcends the the form of what a book is, or what it, it questions what it is. Because it struck me as like if you've ever read a, a comic book by by Grant Morrison, he is commenting on the the art inside sure. of a big bombastic superhero story. You know what I mean? And it's sort of like. It, on one layer it's it's one thing on a second layer it's something else and then on a third it's even something different so like you're looking at Bolano here who has is essentially just talking about art whilst creating art whilst you're reading art and it kind of twists your brain up real nice and it's not a difficult book to read it just takes a really long time, and you have to. I, I constantly was asking myself, why the fuck am I hearing about Mescal one more time? Why the yeah. fuck am I getting another list of random poets that's pages long again? Little uh, so, I I might I might actually have a possible response to that because I question that exact same thing. Yeah. Because once you see it that many times, you have to think about it, right? And you yeah. have to go. He's putting this in here for a reason. Yeah. And of course, he you know you're referencing. Um, one of the more established, I, I think he's part historian, uh, part writer, you know, um, the guy who has the Los Suicidas yeah. Mezcal, yeah. Yeah. which no longer exists, right? right. So, so, so that batch that he has, however many bottles of, doesn't exist. And in fact, he finishes it with uh, 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 Lima and uh, Borano. Yep. Um, and so... That's significant, of course, right? Because he, the, this, I, I would argue, era of Mexican heritage uh, sort of ends with them uh, at, at a point, you know, uh, for that town anyway. And so on their travels, they're literally uh, putting, putting a, a period, like putting a hard stop to um, um, eras in Mexican history, yeah. you know? And with that, we also and I got this um, from the little like extra homework I did of, of watching a bunch of video uh, interviews with him. Um, he really is furious that there are only so many in his mind writers of worth, Latin American writers of worth um, that have existed over the past three, four hundred years. Um, yet he notes hundreds. Right. And some he shits on, but most he's noting as worthwhile. And that, I think, is one of those things where whether he knew it or not, and I didn't get this from any of the interviews, that it would be translated to the English-speaking world. Um, I think in his gut, he is full of himself enough to think that it would be. And he's trying to maybe not educate, but just like desperately bring these voices uh, and, and, and sort of catalog these voices. And it's interesting to, to know that he's a poet first, right? So he was a poet for a really long time before he starts writing uh, these novels. And in, I, I forget what character it is, but one of the characters in this book, I don't know if you guys caught it, is a poet. And when asked, like, you know, will you, would you ever write prose or fiction? He goes, oh, God, if, if, if it ever, he says something to the effect of, if I ever, if I ever became desperate enough I would, you know, engage in the dark art of writing, yeah. <laughs> writing fiction. Yeah, I remember that. The crime of there's writing some, fiction. There's some really funny shit in just like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of mm -hmm. just like, 
it's a wink and a nod, but also it's kind of pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like that's where the autobiographical nature of it, I think, really exists. Is yeah. his little flourishes of, of humor, yeah. um, where he's he's shitting on himself and self-deprecating, but also like trying to make this point. Um, but to, to respond to what you're saying, I think that that's a lot. Like when we look back at poets, you really do get them split into just a few categories. You have like the ones that are a hundred percent emotive. You know, it's yeah. just, it's all what I feel. There's ones that are cataloging, you know, that are really yeah. trying to like take stock of, of things and what does it mean to live? Uh, and there's others that tell um, stories right. that, that, that are doing that. So, and that's a, you know, reductive and, and sort of a gross, um, I don't know. No, I, I view, I, but I it's along those lines though. Like I, I think there's, there are, are fiction writers like, you know, me, who I just want to tell a good story and I want to do it well. You know what I mean? And right. that's it. Um, and then there's writers like Bolano, who is obviously doing something else. I mean, it. I mean, it's, it's sure. It's dare I say literary alchemy. <laughs> um, but he's 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 pulling the form apart. You yeah. know what I mean? And like I. I don't know who to have the guts enough to say that I can do that or even try to do something like that is pretty monumental and also pretty goddamn pretentious. But at the same time, when somebody pulls it off, it's fucking awesome. Well, that brings up a really good point, right? Like what's his name? Juan is so obsessed with form because it gives him the rules. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. He, 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 when he knows the rules, he can write within the rules. Right. If there's no rules, a lot of artists become stymied and and paralyzed, right? Yeah. And and they and they can't create, and they need the rules to be able to create. And that was one thing that, if I'm being frank, I really struggled with. I loved our program, yeah, in a lot of ways. But one thing that I struggled with was it felt a bit constricting. Yeah, um, Nick, and you're and talking about our MFA program, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that was one thing that I really did struggle with. And it wasn't until Paul Lisicki came in and did a reading and he did it in this completely nonlinear way that just I was that, that I felt in a very viscerally real way. We're all playing with language tonight, <laughs> boys. Um, <laughs> language is on the menu tonight, boys. Um, but and so is Mexican beer. Um, but, but I will say that that was one thing I felt outright was, was a little bit, uh, uh, constricted. And then once that fell away, um, that freedom to do whatever was really, really sort of beautiful. And yeah. that, that is something that I think certainly exists if we're talking about the artistry of, of literature is, yeah, there are, you know, and then you have your Neil Gaiman's who like just want to create myth. Yes. Right. And, yes. and and so you you do you have all these these sort of like um, just different different. What would you call them even? I, I wouldn't call them categories, groups or genres. They're, they're just like modes of thinking almost. I, I think it's mean, a, I think you're right. I think it's a mode of thinking. I, I, I think people and, and, and it's not to say that there there's a better or worse. You know what I mean? It, absolutely. It, you know, sometimes it's like you want to read a book like this because it's it, it gives you all of the things that, my God, art can be. And then sometimes you just want to read a really earnest, good story about exactly. regular people. 
And I think that's maybe why Bellano shits on Marquez because Chronicle of a Death Foretold is 120 pages, beautifully written, and it's just a story that takes place over barely 20 hours. Yeah. And it's awesome, but it's yeah. just a story, right? Yeah. And, and, and some people argue that what it's doing is exactly what he tries to do in these middle 400 pages and bring Latin American culture to the rest of the world. Yeah. And alert you to this is how things things work, and he just does it more succinctly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he's not bogged down with sort of maybe um, the 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 needs and the unflinching desire to do it all, mm-hmm. like perhaps our author here is. Yeah, and, um, I, and, and I think it. Um, I think you you can't talk about a book like this without talking about your own experience with art, either. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, it's earlier in 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 the year uh january i was i had a concept for a, a novel that i wanted to write and then i picked up uh stephen graham jones lead feather um and it's it's an epistolary novel told by unnamed narrators that have an experience or like an eyewitness account of the character that you're reading about and that sort of you know it clicked for me and i, and I found a form you know what i mean it, yep. it deviates from that very much so throughout that book uh, and then it's funny that we're reading this book now and it's it's that type of thing. And I and I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, like this is this is not what I want to do. <laughs> you know, right, like, right. I don't I don't have the skills to do something like this, nor do I have the the, the gall to think that I can. Sure. Um, but it, it's there's a kinship with artists who are just trying to make art and not attempting artifice. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a that's a that's a nice little line we can put on a bumper sticker. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yosemite Sam in the house. Look, look what these Mexican beers will do with this. <laughs> Daniel, it looked like you had something there. You were on the the tip of the. Uh, oh, the yeah. I was, I was going to uh, put it out there, and, and I don't even know how I. I'm not saying that I even believe this but would do you think it's fair to call Bolano the Chilean David Foster Wallace here's all my ideas and I'm going to give them to you uh, a thousand ways over a thousand pages I I dude I think that's that actually did cross my mind just from the sheer length of it you know I mean you can put this right next to Infinite Jest Um, and we know with Infinite Jest he was literally trying to get all your thoughts, right? David Foster Wallace mm-hmm. was trying to, all those inner fleeting thoughts that fly through your head and he used footnotes to do it. Whereas here, he's trying to get the fullest picture of, two, it's really a story about two guys, right? Mm-hmm. Three maybe. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to give you like, this is the myriad ways by which you can be perceived and, and, and by which one exists, right? And, and, and you know, it's, you see all these things on social media now, like, um, you you exist in the mind of someone in such and such a way, right? If you were kind to this person, like someone's mm-hmm. thinking of you as this really kind person and you, you might have had one interaction with somebody else where you're an asshole and you're an asshole to them, right? And I know I see this bullshit all the time, these little what have yous on social media. But I think in a way, Blano here is, is doing something that like, this is this is just the vastness of the individual 
that we don't often like we know but we don't often think about and he kind of lets us think about it and keep thinking about it and keep thinking about it and then he jumps us back into the adventure Mm -hmm. and gives us the story once more um which is i don't know i I, i'm not sure that i really thought that until we started talking about it here which i was really excited to do because i thought this is where we'll try and this is where we'll figure it out um yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) if i subscribe to it but it's definitely a thing to uh there's something to unpack there um so uh pivoting just just ever so slightly this is a book about about art and when there's art about art it uh read by artists you know we'll call ourselves artists as well we're all writers published published authors at this point hey, <laughs> hey, hey <laughs> nikki mahalik finally joined the party shows up the party yeah. that's Just the last barely. time i swear I, I joined the party with my like fingernails on the door <laughs> hanging there yeah. with my with my 18 pages yeah hey it's 18 pages man it's a beautiful 18 pages man yeah and uh, at least case. one of one of them's green um uh what was the thought oh it it just it's so meta it's it's almost what's what's above meta hyper meta i think it can be megala meta it's so meta it's no longer meta but it's not like meta in the sense where i don't know what we would think as you know breaking a fourth wall or, or something um but in how it makes you think about art and how art can be perceived and then how a young artist would go about creating art or paying homage to uh, what had come before. Um, it stirs that stuff up and um, does it detract and distract from the story? Because it, it's like, what what is Bolano really giving us is he giving us a story or is he giving us is he trying to give us an entertaining uh treatise is that how you say the word on treatise i thought treatise, treatise. Well, yeah. i like treatise i mean it's it like, sounds uh, better it sounds like greek when you say it though yeah, that's what i was gonna say like an old greek uh <laughs> treatise <laughs> treatise What's you've that? wronged there's me meme. there's a meme where it's like i'm gonna pronounce words like like that and it's funny like <laughs> lasagna like lasagna i don't know that's not the one but anyway moving on <laughs> um <Jesus. laughs> uh, is is this an entertaining uh dissertation or is it is it is it art is it both i don't know i, I don't have an answer and i and i would probably me being a little bit curmudgeon i hate reading th- i hate massively long novels or just works when it's like, man, do we did we really need, like, all of that middle? Could we have gotten I, to the same spot? How yeah. much of this is Bolano masturbating? Yeah, oh, I, I, I would say there's a good amount. But I, I think, I think that, honestly, I think most really, most writers and artists who are considered great, were all kind of jacking off. <laughs> all right, like. Uh, I probably just made that up for a minute, but I, I do think I do tend to think like, 
Like everybody think like Thomas Pynchon, like Gravity's Rainbow, greatest post postmodern novel ever written. That is whacking it. Yeah, and, sure. and I'll tell you what, that's like oh no, I was thinking of crying a lot forty nine. Gravity's Rainbow is pretty long, right? Gravity's Rainbow is huge and it makes little sense if you don't yeah, have an okay. equally large guidebook to go along yeah. with it. Cry of Lo- Crying of Lot Forty Nine is really good. Yeah, that's short. Yeah, very short. N- no less um No less difficult. Right. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> I'd be interested, you know, to read uh twenty six sixty six. Yeah. Um which mm-hmm. is essentially like I don't know if it's a procedural, but it's a crime story right um which often is very straight ahead you know um even like a wild one like the city in the city by Mm -hmm. china millville um is still like a story that that you can you know follow and stuff like that so i I think one of the really big things that i was looking forward to for this cast uh with this book especially was you know i know you guys as um really really love the story and the purity of fiction to Mm. to to tell a story to tell it well to be concise to but to 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 just write well and use the the appropriate language and all that kind of stuff um and i know i'm i'm a little bit more on the the other end of the spectrum where um i really like rebellion in all its forms and one of them being the rebellion against form (laughs) you know um and 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 so i that's why i thought this would be an interesting book because he gives us both in a way like you said earlier daniel if you cut out the or was it you nick if you cut out the middle and you just put part a and part c together it's a novel or a novella right but it is and it's a pretty damn good one too you know what i mean yeah and it's an epistolary one too so he's already messing a little bit with Mm -hmm. some form yeah um but it's not enough for him like that that i think that's one of the things that's really interesting is to read an author like this i immediately identified with fucking with the form right off the bat was just like that's that's his that's his stasis that's his resting point right and then the, the middle part is is where he's actually doing his art i yeah. think um and and that that is really a, a kind of fascinating thing cuz i just love and and Bellata himself says he's critical of poetry as an art form, right? Because he says in one breath to me, being a poet is being a revolutionary, right? But at the, in the same breath, he also says, you know, if poets are writing poetry and only poets are reading poetry and only poets are writing criticism about poetry, the circuit's closed, <laughs> right? He goes, the, the circuit is closed with fiction, you have to engage with the reader, right? With fiction, you absolutely have to engage with the reader. And the reader has to be a major element in what you're doing, which doesn't allow the circuit to be closed, doesn't allow, Daniel, perhaps to your point, uh, as much masturbation, um, because then if you have 30 poets all j- jacking off at the same time, they're the same thing, you know, it's, it's, there's a no, pretty fun party. <laughs> yeah. It's a great party, <laughs> but is there any art there? Um, right. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, so in any case that that's one thing that I found interesting was in looking at these interviews with him. I wanted to see like, is he actually this huge pretentious douche that he might be given what we've read? Is he uh, one of these more quiet, 
reserve you know sort of like homebodies who, who just sits at home and does this thing like uh the dude that did confederacy of dunces right um and and that was just his he just sat there and and, and quietly did it and and he was pissed when when nobody wanted to publish it because he felt like it was his masterwork and then of course he kills himself and it gets published and is critically acclaimed after um but like you know who who is he and then i see this and and it's it's just it's a very bright dude who really thinks about literature constantly right mm-hmm. and 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 really does i think um want particularly his cultural literature to be pushed forward um significantly and i i hope i didn't misrepresent myself like when i when i say some somebody is I, pretentious and masturbatory are inherently not great words to describe a book um but i i think it's good to be a little pretentious it's good to have a little bit of masturbation in your shit like why not if absolutely you can, if you can do it fucking do it who cares it's it's good stuff and like i like exceptionally large books um it, you just get to connect with the not so much the characters here because you're meeting sure. so many yeah, but in large books, you get to you get to live with these people, and they become mm-hmm. full. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, it's it's like, yeah, am I? Do I feel like this? He might be way smarter than me, and is and is trying to be. Yes, I do think <laughs> that. Um, but I also think um, I'm I'm laughing. I'm I care about what is being said here, um, mm-hmm. and it is a good time, and it is. And it makes me feel as if I have engaged in uh, art over my typical fare. I can sure, subscribe yeah, yeah. to that. I'll, I'll, I'll sign off on that as well. Um, my, I, I didn't dive into it because it was beyond the scope of um, what I wanted to do with this and, and our cast. cast. Um, I think 2666, the other Bolano book, ties into this one somehow. Arturo Bolano uh, as the narrator. Okay. Mm. Of 2666. All right. That's that's it. That's what I read a little thing. And I was like, that's not what I need to. I don't need to go down another fucking rabbit hole. But <laughs> um, it, to your point, Nick, it, uh, Gregorio, that uh, Bolano has got control over what he's doing. And he might be doing something bigger than I, obviously, he's doing something bigger than I'm um, receiving right now. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to uh, say hip hop. It's bigger than hip hop. <laughs> that is uh, not what I was going to say. No dead prez? <laughs> there, that wasn't going to be a dead prez reference? Uh, yeah, I I will give my final thought as because well. I just gave Because I just gave mine. Because you just gave yours and, and, and yeah. Nick Gregorio, I believe. Given you his. Given yours previous prior, to Daniel's. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, We're metaing <laughs> all over this shit. It's it's me now. Um, And I yeah, I (laughs) I'm sure that I I'm going to listen back to this and hear myself talking far more than I would have liked um, because I I do that on these when I'm so fucking pumped. But my final thought would probably be that. We always need these guys. Would I want to sit down and have a beer with this dude? Not frequently, you know. <laughs> at least once. 
at least once for sure. You know, and I was watching these interviews because I really love seeing the body language when they're responding to questions mm-hmm. and the facial expressions. Like, do you think the interviewer is an asshole? Are you a kind person? Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that kind of stuff I, I really love. And with him, he he just had the same face the whole time. It was very kind of bizarre. Uh, it was un, unchanging in, in most of these. And, and that kind of like, to, to sum up the book, um, there's an assuredness. He, I don't think he actually cares if you like it or not. I don't think that he really, even though he says you need to, you know, engage the reader and stuff like that. I think he assumes that the reader will be engaged. Um, and, and it's, that's something in a writer that I find kind of fascinating because all the writers I know is, are so unsure, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like just so intrinsically, you know, no matter how sure they are, they're also, um, hyper, uh, uh, jealous and, 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 lacking so much confidence in so many ways too and and then on the other side of it you know having enough uh boldness to 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 declare themselves writers and write so it's just this fascinating paradox that exists in so many writers the majority of writers i know whereas he seems to be just on this this end of that spectrum where he just is and i found that really fascinating about him and about the book the book exists and it just is and 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 it just, you know, is one of those things that um, I don't think I've encountered super often. Um, and, and that was really sort of a, a standout for me. Um, and that would be my closing thought is, is this is a book that um, y- you're, you're not going to find many of. And we need these no matter the culture, no matter the language, no matter the art form. We need these types of things to challenge those of us who are never going to write like this and who might. And to push the art forward. And I think that is part of what this book um, is positing as well, is you need, you need these little quakes. You need something to come in and shake it up, whether it's, you know, good or bad, you know? And he kind of says that. And you also need to remember what's come before, whether it's good or yeah. bad, you like it or not. Like pay homage, right? Because these are your talismans or however that's pronounced that are going <laughs> to imbue you with, you know, the power of the craft, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just call me Nev Campbell. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> let's, yeah. Take it away. Yeah, let's let's move on from there. Ready. Uh, all right. So let's move forward into the music, baby, baby. Talk about toe. T-O-E. T-O-E from Tokyo, Japan. Uh, we are looking at their 2012 offering, their second full length, um, and one of only three studio albums. They've been a band since 2000. They are still um, active, still putting stuff out. Um, I think something like these streaming services does a band like this wonders um, because so many people are going to come across these guys that wouldn't have otherwise they're on their own uh indie label called machu picchu with just like three other bands um and they are you know the genre as is listed uh on good old wikipedia is post-rock math rock um i'm not sure i totally agree with that but i (laughs) love that they are listed as such because then a lot of the post rock that I listen to, uh, 
sort of drew them into their tide and I got to listen to them because, dude, this is a band that I found very recently and am so pumped about. I, I'll, I'll be unabashedly honest. I, I love these guys and I'm sure you guys in like three seconds are going to say that's because the drums are fucking awesome. Um, and this is a very <laughs> drum heavy, very drum heavy group. Right. The drums are at the center of the mix. Yeah, um, for sure. Not that they're not in other bands, but like they're really in the front. And center. Can, can I go first, please? When, yes. when you're done. <laughs> um, but that's that's how I was just going to introduce them. They're they're uh, mostly instrumental. You could say post rock. Think something like a cigarose without vocals. Um, and I just um, I find them to be one of the most inventive new things that exists uh, around now. Yeah. Go Nick. Um, <clears throat> so it's. Uh, a more complex explosions in the sky, a less math Chan. It's right up my alley. You know you what go, I mean? There you go. Yeah. Um, but it is with those bands. I think the the guitars uh, and the the melodies in the music they're in is is way up front. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas here, the thing that actually did stand out was the drums. I thought the drums were absolutely fantastic, um, especially on um, the track called C. Mm, um yep. that 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 sort of broke my brain open i really had a good experience with that it was cool awesome yeah 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 i um obviously that's the first thing that drew me in but then when you when you and i don't know how many times you, you got to give it a listen i've obviously been beating it to death but um masturbation through line in this jesus uh, <laughs> the, uh the the thing that i noticed about the drums because I'm always listening to them, is they're so intentional. And there's so many drummers that are good that'll just fill the fucking song with ghost notes so they can hit anything, right? They, yeah. they can put an accent anywhere. This is not that. Even though it, it very you know he could be doing that, every hit, every accent, every little pull is, is so intentional. Um, I love that, man, because he creates these syncopated, like very complex patterns um, without the... I guess static of all those ghost notes in be- in between, which a lot of drummers that are really good use as a crutch, so they can hit whenever they want. Yeah. Um, and and he's just so good, I love it. <laughs> um, Daniel, what was your what was your take? I'm so this album ready. is is instrumental, just so our listeners are aware. I don't think there's a single vocal on this. I listened to it a couple of times, unless I had like a. There, there is, yeah. There's one with a, a female singer. I forget which one it is. Um, I must have blacked out each time that one came on. Um, (laughs) So it does what a lot of instrumental music um, does, which is they created like a soundscape. That's that's not actually true. I shouldn't say a soundscape because that makes you think of like Ross from Friends with his, you know. um, (laughs) I know um, you're right. Electrifying. (laughs) You get it. This album actually is completely instrumental. I'm thinking of uh, a previous album. Apologies. Okay, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So, right. Oh, good. I'm not as crazy as you were making me as think I was. Um, why are you gaslighting me? I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. You're my friend. <laughs> I am your friend. Yeah, no, no. I'm not gaslighting you. Yeah. Um, um, carry on. So, I'm carrying on. Uh, I am your wayward son. No longer your friend. Uh uh, so it was instrumental, and it 
did almost like a verse chorus verse chorus type of thing mm. and it this wasn't as much it didn't bother me as much as it did last cast because i think last one gregory you picked an instrumental band as well right i did that is correct yep and, and that was really verse chorus like the singer just wasn't at yeah, practice like very much so it's like they seemed, kicked the motherfucker out yeah. yeah those seemed like songs absent of a melody to to hook on to yeah, um, this one, I still, did, I mean, these are ready for a singer just to, to come in and, you know, like, uh, who's the guy from at the drive in or Mars Volta? Like, Cedric. I could, <laughs> yeah, I could, I could hear this guy doing. Something oh yeah. The falsetto, the yeah. falsetto. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But that said, it, it did seem fulfilling. It did seem whole and I was not having a vocal slash melody line on anything, a lead melody line anyway. There's plenty of uh, contrapuntal stuff happening between the instruments. Um, I don't know what that is. That's fucking crazy. Well, that's that's up to you. Look it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Juan. <laughs> um, it it felt complete. It didn't feel lacking, even though it's like, ooh, maybe I would like a cherry on top. You know? Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. That said. A big tie-in to the book for this album, for me anyway, is in bits and pieces, uh, in certain segments of the songs on this album, they do go into odd meters. Um, And for for listeners, if you're not versed in that, most music, you can tap your foot to four. You would count one, two, three, four, or often six which is an odd meter but you know it's a nice swing that you can kind of find your your groove into when things get odd when you're counting to five or seven it feels very very off-centered um yeah most of tough these, to find one yes the, the the one the um starting back over one two three four yeah so for for this they were almost all in four even when it didn't sound it and I sat mm-hmm. there, and I was tapping it out, I was counting. I was like, no, this is definitely in four. That is not to say that they didn't have their odd measure here and there. They certainly did. But sure. what I found fascinating and really, really cool is that it was in your standard one, two, three, four. You can count that out. But the way all the instruments syncopated with each other, um, it really fucked with you in a really pleasant way that kept you alert and i think that's probably why i didn't miss the uh Mm. like a a lead melody line because you were getting a rhythmic uh it it was a rhythmic texture and there you go yeah yeah and tying it into the book it's like you've got form and how can you fuck with (laughs) form? well it's still a book you know you're still it's not doing anything fucking crazy Yep. You could at its heart, you're you know, you're counting the four, but it's it's how those strings are pulled and landing. Um yep. I don't know if that really makes a lot of sense, but No, actually uh, you you that was some of the most wonderful speaking you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, thank you. Yeah. That was <laughs> like, that yeah, was that really was, good. It pulled it together and you actually created a visual for me for the book, actually, which is like if the story were plotted, I kind of pictured it like um a a balloon that's been stretched and Mm -hmm. blown up in the dead middle right and that's where you get sort of this like exploration of the character and all these like wild interviews and stuff like that but the 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 almost like a bell curve right and the the beginning and the end are back sort of on that 
that X uh, axis. And um, yeah, and, and the middle is this blown up thing. And, and here it's a little bit more uh, yeah, I think, understated I think what, or subdued. I think what I said was better than that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you what you put in my head. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> so, I said so, so I said something really good. And then you and your version you said of something very straightforward. And my brain bullshit. turned it into this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, though I would say one of the things for me about this album that um, also stood out besides the drums and I think contributed to not missing the vocals as much was the layering of the acoustic guitar and how mm -hmm. much more acoustic there was than any distorted electric uh, synth piano guitar, any of that really. Right. There's, there's a lot of like just very precise musicianship on yeah. this, yeah. Um, which you need to have to play the acoustic, you know, you can have a million effects on a guitar, all these reverb delay, all this other stuff that a lot of post rock uses to create these soundscapes and whatnot. But here we have like very fundamental sort of just recording technique, like, like where they cut the recording in the first mm -hmm. track, you know, yeah. and it's just that dead cut. And, and that actually fucks with your entire relationship with the song from then on, because that cut creates a hard stop that makes one seem like it's not where it should be, even though as Daniel said, it is. Um, and so that, that to me was another thing about this album that really, really stood out was just the precision of the players and the choices to play really just very in a very analog way, I guess you could say. I like that. I like that <clears throat> in an analog way. That's good. Yeah, I actually, I mean, you can, I'm going to bring up C again. Like that's my, obviously my favorite track, but the, the acoustic, uh, so, guitar at the end of the song is, mm gorgeous <laughs> yeah there's a lot of like really beautiful moments yeah. on this and it still will rock your socks off a little bit yeah mm -hmm. um and yeah like, and if, that, that part felt like you could hear it in a pop song you know mm -hmm. but it's not a pop song you know what I mean? if that makes sense it's it's sort of like um giving you a little bit of sugar on top of like that good savory musicianship mm. yeah the cherry I, on top like I, I said, agree, yeah. there you go. <laughs> and and if you do want to hear them with uh, some singers, they have another album uh, for Long Tomorrow that has that's the one that I think has a, a female guest on a few of them, um, and and that's really that's really great too. But yeah, no, I I found these the the book and and this um, to relate because the m my whole. I think the entirety of my interaction with Japanese culture really comes from anime and, um, you know, manga. Uh, and with the anime, especially the music is a really integral part, but it's very subdued and very sort of like atmospheric. Um, and to see, and, but also I am familiar with like that really precise, like mathy metal that comes out of Japan too. Mm -hmm. That's really, really hell. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's like very wild, more precise like than I can even really wrap my head around sometimes with the stops and starts. Um, but to see this, it just made me realize how little I know about the art from that culture um, and how interesting it is and how interested I am in it. Um, and that goes the same with with, um, 
you know, Savage Detectives, like it just reminded me how little I know and, and also how interested I am um, in this whole world that I'm, I'm really unfamiliar with. Um, so I think for anybody trying to get into some uh, current Japanese bands or, uh, you know, some, you know, Latin American fiction, this is a, a hell of a starting point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can skip uh, you can skip Paulo Coelho. You know, you've you've read The Alchemist when you were ten. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Alchemist. Yeah, it's a fine it's a it's a fine book, but that should not be the only Latin American no. author you have ever read. Right. No. And how many times does does he name Octavio Paz too? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, leave him alone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. But yeah, Lisa's uh, Lima. <laughs> um, yeah, this um, th- this album. Oh man, I it just I I think also because I came to it during this pandemic, and and feeling just really despondent that the same music just kept coming on, and yeah. and I just was I was in this this rut of of uh, intellectual challenge, I guess, and 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 creativity and stuff like that. Th- this band, I mean, it just it turned me right around. I, I can't say enough good things about this album, especially like it came on randomly and I was like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I lost my fucking mind. And I, I, I was like, this is, this is, this is just so goddamn good. And especially as a drummer. Um, oh God. Just, just so awesome. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about it. It's like, um, yeah. And just to, to uh, point back to what I was saying and what you're, you're saying now as a drummer, there is like a jigsaw like aspect of it that, that gets complete you know the way your brain mm. works and, and maybe some other of our listeners maybe your brain works as well even if you're not a musician right maybe you you can like you're feeling a thing and you're not really sure why um when you listen to this type of music but mm. it is um you know radiohead does stuff like this but they they're operating on a on a different level than this I'm not yeah. saying like better or, or worse or just on a different Well, they're plane. more in a, 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 a pop sort of uh, spectrum as well, too. Yeah. But when you think of songs from Radiohead, like pretty much anything off of like King of Limbs or uh, some things off they, of In Rainbows, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Especially Jigsaw falling into place. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like everything's kind of falling down the stairs at like different moments. And, uh, but it all gets there at the same time. Which yes. is kind of weird. It well, it's it keeps it interesting. Like yeah. you don't know that this role is going to happen on two, and this one's going to happen on four every time, right? It's yeah. It's, the, the, he he spreads things out where there's an accent on upstrokes and 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 different things like that, and it, it actually takes about four to six measures for the whole, you know, I guess drum part or movement to be complete. Yeah, I like right? that you said it he exists spread it out over because a, yeah yeah. Because you it, might, it, it's these little things that that all add up, and then you see it come back around again. Exactly. Um, even though it stays in that four four time, like you said, which you know, I love it. I'm not like a math guy so much. I don't I don't have the vocabulary for it. But what's the word when you have? Maybe it's a denominator. That's the top one or the bottom one. I don't I don't remember this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's like that's like basic math. It's how far away from it I am. Um, <laughs> Say we're in four four, right? We are mm-hmm. in four. What's five times four? It's twenty, right? How many other ways can you get to twenty? You can get five times four. Two times ten, right? So if the drums right. are playing four measures of 
in five and then the fucking uh bass is playing two measures of ten you know you can exactly. they're all they're all getting there on their own thing and that's what's so cool about it and sometimes like you said you don't realize that it's starting over until it's like oh there it is yep. but it doesn't it doesn't sound um because that's that's another big thing i wanted to, to point on a lot of odd meter stuff even if it isn't four four and it's syncopated it sounds willfully uh, obtuse, to quote um, the great sage uh, uh, Andrew uh, Dufresne. Um, <laughs> uh, here it does not. When you think of like prog rock, like Dream Theater or Hell Yeah, yeah, yes, <laughs> which is fine. You know that stuff's fine if you're into that. Um, Hell Yeah, <laughs> it's sometimes inaccessible because they're leaning so much on like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three. Four, five, yeah. what? You well, they're putting like the emphasis getting... on that change because they're all playing it together. Yes. And, and, and they, they want you to hear the, the change. And that maybe is like a Bolano thing. Like, look at what I'm doing. Look at what yeah. I'm doing. Look at what I'm doing. Right? Like, like, they're literally trying to turn you. They want to see the audience sort of like break a leg, you know? Yep. Um, Hell and, yeah. And stuff like that, which, <laughs> which in, in a lot of ways, that's very wan. Right, that's very adolescent to to me. After a while of having it listened is. to so much of that, well, listen, it's, a lot of it's prog really rock, adolescent to put a magnifying glass on that. Yeah, prog rock is that. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, check this shit out. That's it cool, is. right? It is. I've been I've, I've been alone manifest. in my room. Yeah, I've been alone in my room since uh, fifth grade. Dude, they're that's they're what it such is. nerds. Like, there's this band. They're like they're like math core. They're called Within the Ruins, and like you can't. This shit is unimaginable. It's violent <laughs> and fucking gross. And it's like... <laughs> and these guys do nothing but play guitar. I'm like, you you guys are fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. Except you're really... You, you scare me with the sounds that you make. Yeah, I think th- that's the thing, too, is like we're, we're all nerds. We spend a lot of time doing doing something that we, <laughs> yeah. that we nerd about we nerd out about so that, that it's not uh, to disparage nerd no i spent my evening the other the other night boxing up comic books and i had a great time <laughs> exactly <laughs> um we all we all are engaged in some kind of nerddom but i spent um, last evening unboxing all of his comics in his garage <laughs> <laughs> What's fun is just been sneaking into Nick's house at random parts. Here's the fun part: I don't have a fucking garage, so he broke into somebody else's house. (laughs) (laughs) Your your monster car neighbor. Um, It was only because I love you because I want you to keep having the joy of doing it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it won't even be an inconvenience. Like, ah, damn it. Okay, (laughs) back in they go. (laughs) Three beers and I'm in it. Um. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what more to to say about it because we we've we have nailed why I love it, and I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um. And 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 what it represents in the in the larger scheme of of the music world, I I think it's a it really is such a great marriage of so many different things that I yeah. really like um, about music and just the precision and the the just the taste tastefulness of it. Frankly, is is also it is another tasteful. thing where I'm like. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I. I really. Um. That. Those are sort of the highlight things about this album for me. But I. I. Yeah. I recommend anybody who this seems to uh, be up your alley. Uh, check out Toe because they. I'm guessing T-O-A. probably probably haven't shown up on your on your radar yet. And maybe 
you know, I'm late to the scene, but you know, they have a good amount of, of listeners um, and stuff, but not the amount that like, you know, a yeah. perhaps Mogwai or explosions in the sky or cigarettes might. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. Radi- Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, uh, my, my final thought would be that this is a super accessible foray into what Wikipedia is calling math rock. And I, mm. I feel like that calling it math rock makes it sound um, like righteous. Not, not, no, I was going to say like not <laughs> good. It's just like, this is very good. No, it's, it's super good. melodic. No, it's it's really giving good. me, it's giving me, um, it, when listening to it, it puts me in the same uh, headspace that lo fi music does. It's just so fucking chill. It just really yeah. settles and you can, um, you can really pay attention to it and pick up all the little uh, you know, um, bits and noodles. Uh, that's the expression, right? Bits and noodles. And, <laughs> or you can just let it fade away and you know, um, write your, you know, your, next, your next book or whatever. You know? That's my yeah. thought, the final one. Nicely done. Uh, Gregorio, well, anything to close out? Literally, you've said everything that I could possibly say, and you said it better than I could. I, I agree with it. Uh, this is really good. I will be listening to them in the future. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Noise. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, it is It is now time. Hey. I, I uh, holy shit. I'm, I'm just preparing myself for this. Let's, let's do it, gents. We are getting into these beers. Cheers. Um, cheers. Beers. Um, so I am, I am drinking the Modelo Chalada. Um, which comes from the Michelada, which is a Mexican drink that is often or most commonly made with beer, lime juice, assorted spices, sauces, tomato juice, chili peppers. Um, chilled, thrown in a salt room glass. It's some kind of weird Bloody Mary margarita hybrid. Um, and if you have GERD... You're that, in trouble. Yeah. That yeah, is... my, my sauce is fucked. So... Um, <laughs> The one I chose is Modelo. Of all the Mexican beers, Modelo is my favorite, the Modelo Especial. Throw a little lime in there. That's my favorite refreshing summer beer. Uh, so that's why I went with this one. This, I think, it appears to be like an Especial with mango and chilies in it. So it. Um, Drink it. I'm, Tell I'm gonna, us. I'm going to drink quite a bit of it. I wonder uh, if that shit's going to be spicy. Brewed in Mexico and 24 ounces. I'm going to do the whole thing. <laughs> He's got a poetry workshop. Oh my God, he's hours. doing it. Um, it is, it is so fucking good. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. Check it into Untapped or it didn't happen, dude. <laughs> Yo, if this sounds appetizing to anybody listening, if anyone's still listening, buy it. Holy shit! Give so, us that name again. So, Modelo what? Modelo Chalada. Mango and lime. Spell or that. mango and chili. Mango and chili. So what makes me think that there are other like types of chaladas is that the, is, is sort of like the marketing on the, on the can here. Oh. Um, I, I feel like there's probably like this is a this is a mango colored one. I imagine there's probably a red one and, and a green one or something. Um, right. But that's just a guess. Yeah, they have like and, a chalada line, perhaps. Right, exactly, like tomato lime or something, maybe more yeah. Bloody Mary-esque. Because Ugh. just looking at what the Michelada is, it could be anything. So I imagine they went with a bunch of the flavors. Have you guys ever had those, 
really tasty mangoes that are skinnier and mm-hmm. they're not the red and green they're more just the orange i don't think i've ever had type fresh mango called. oh really never oh you're dude, missing out you're missing out dude uh, th- these it's are like juicy velvet oh mm. my god yeah really good mangoes uh, besides like a persimmons it's very difficult I'm like to an like apple compare apple banana guy you're like a crunch right. and a mush all right not everyone's perfect <laughs> You know, just uh, we we all have space to expand our palates. So this, when you yeah. drink it, do you, do you like those after your chicken fingers, Gregorio? So, <laughs> fucking <laughs> your bagel bites. Um, <laughs> so you get this. This is spice forward. This is uh, this is spice forward. Then right in the middle, it's as if you've bitten into one of these really ripe, super delicious mangoes. It's juicy, very mango, but not the mango that's in like a Sculpin or like an IPA or something like Mm -hmm. that. This is juicy. It tastes like there's nectar in here. Yeah. When you you get that in IPAs, it's typically just sugary. Exactly. This is like a a little bit viscous, a little bit thick, like 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 a puree. Nice. Right? Is is what is what the flavor and then you get the spice again to finish it, but it's mellowed by the beer. You mm. don't taste beer. You literally don't taste beer until the end and it's it's almost nothing. Wow. It's like a limed Modelo Special or Corona or something like that. Nice. This is fucking delicious. <laughs> I dude, I am I am fucking blown away. What's the ABV I mean, on that some bitch? The number of fucks that have shown up in this it, it, it's crazy. So this is Hold on one sec. Um, where are you? Where are you, alcohol content? Oh, no. <laughs> it's not on here. Uh, oh, oh, God. It's either- oh, no, no, no. It's, oh, it's fucking nothing. Oh, good. It's 3.5. Oh, crush oh. that. Crush it. I'm going to. The spice <laughs> precludes you from doing it in an expedient way, though. Better make it shit your pants if you're not going to get drunk off of it. Jesus, you need to um, have some type of dude, living. You put some goddamn tequila in this, some rum in this. Oh, do your own thing. Do your own thing. I'm saying. Yeah, a little The possibilities maker. are endless. <laughs> this is so, oh, what a revelation. Little. The spice is perfect, gentlemen. Nick, I've the never seen you this perfect. excited. He's, re- he's really excited. <laughs> You're like, your eyes well, are you wider know, than <laughs> Speaking of alchemy, I, I fuck with tequila and rum drinks all yep. summer. Right, I yeah. I try and invent all this different stuff, and th- th- combining this with something, holy shit balls! You better go track some of that shit down. Hey, this if you put one, if you put more shit. booze in this booze, you're boozing. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going. Like, you're going to have a great time, baby. It's such a it's such a dude thing to like. Hey, you got to put more booze in your booze. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, bro, you got to booze also, that booze up. I'm a, thif- I'm a thrifty drinker, I like to think. Uh, I'm a more thrifty. I'm a thrifty man. Like when I take walks to the fucking tap house to do readings or whatever, I will uh, make boiler a boiler maker for the oh, walk. I know. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, um, who wants to go next? I'll go next because I'll be quick. I'm drinking the Cape May tan limes, Mexican style lager with sea salt and lime. Clocking in at four point five percent alcohol by volume, it's fine. <laughs> Gregorio, nothing's going to compare to my reaction here. Um, this is a focal banger by the Alchemist. It is a hop bomb. It destroys sure your taste is. buds immediately. Sure does. Uh, it's seven percent. 
ABV, and it is damn delicious. But don't try and have a different a different type of beer after this because it won't taste right. I will say I'm very glad I drank the Tecate before this because the I mean the chili spice. Yeah, that'll blow you up. You, like it's in there. Your taste buds are done tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, have you ever been up to the Alchemist, Nicholas? I have indeed. Is it because? Um, Speaking of to tie it all back together, oh, this is reminiscent of our the earlier season. <laughs> uh, holy shit! Pow, pow, pow. When we're thinking about a Cervantes esque journey, right? So many people make the pilgrimage to the Alchemist. Yeah, um, and it has you know sort of in, in a lot of ways um, attained this mythic. Uh, legend like you know sort of status no um is it deserving would you say um the alchemist um created the current ipa phase uh craze that we're in like the, they were the progenitors they were the original like the heady topper yeah topper the heady yeah. topper it was the hop bomb it just high abv just crushing you with flavor um the they it's not a tap room it's a um, it's predominantly okay. a, a, a retail store where you go and buy cans and other derivatives of that they make of the beer. They make like hot sauce and um, other things. <laughs> 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 but they, they they'll give you um, like a little four ounce taster for free of anything oh. you want for as many as you want. So hmm. that's a pretty there good we time. go. Yeah, because their beers are expensive. Right. Are, and if you're are. if you're taking the journey, you know, you, you're that's a that's a pretty it, it could be a hefty trip. It's you a know, seven hour trip from back. here. There we go. Yeah. And and yeah, it, it does have this sort of mythic status. And, and one thing that someone told me once, uh, which I, I thought was pretty cool, is like it's actually, as we know, with all beer making uh, the water and that the dude happened upon, you know, this water up there that just is great for making great beer yeah um would would you agree is that sort of like the case i i would i would tend to agree i i happen to really love new england style um ipas this happens to be their more west coast style uh as opposed to the 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 heady topper um do hops grow up there are they using like new england hops a lot of i know the one place we were at just recently had their hop crop right in the back of the the brewery Um, sure it wasn't weed it definitely was hot. They look very similar. <laughs> and Vermont, you never know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely tend to think that, that that New England style became a New England style because of the type of you know natural elements that they're dealing with up there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I picture it as this sort of like crystal, just like trickling creek that comes comes down around the back Listen. of like a water wheel. And that's where the thing is fucking being made. I mean, it's right in Stowe, Vermont. Stowe, Vermont's a, a beautiful, wonderful place. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, of course, uh, my beer is made with Mexican water. So we'll see what happens there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in any case, I'm about halfway through. I will say 24 ounces is 12 too many. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That's um, like a seven. And, that's like a seven percent beer, then, though. 
Is how it works? No. The mango goes <laughs> no. <laughs> the the mango does go throughout though. I feared that the juice had rid, risen to the top. Um because the chili is the same. But the mango is the same as well, which is which is pretty solid. Um dude, I love this. I, I think it does need to be like in a punch bowl, you know? Uh, I think and, that and then spiked Willis and spiked. Yeah. Like the, the Michelada I think is a fantastic drink, but it needs to stay true to itself and not be drank like a fucking American beer. Cause that, um, this is nuts. <laughs> now that I'm halfway through, I'm like, this is, this is nuts. This is crazy. Dude. <laughs> cheers. I, uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Gentlemen. Cheers. Cannot uh, believe we are almost through season five. Yeah. One more to go. Holy shit. Holy moly. Well, you got a rating system for us? David? I do. I've got a rating system here for us. Um, our rating system is... Jesus, do I have to get a pen? No, it's going to be a short one. Oh. Oh, tight. Um, I give... Uh, oh, my God. What's the name of the goddamn novel? The Savage Detectives. Holy fuck. <laughs> I am not one of those. I'll tell you that because I... Um, <laughs> Uh, I give Savage Detectives by Robert Bolano. I am going to give that um, boo, 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 thirteen out of fourteen trochaic tetrameters. I'm sorry, <laughs> trochaic heptameters. Forgive me. Trochaic heptameters. Hep heptameters. That's that's seven. That's seven feet. A heptameter is seven feet for the odd times. Se- se- seven trochies. Yeah. <laughs> now, now tro- the the trochie is, if I'm not mistaken, unstressed, unstressed, stressed. No, a trochie is just two, and oh. it is um it is stressed, unstressed. So like da da. Like a heart. Gotcha. Ladder. The sp- the spondy is the stress stress the double stress correct? Yes. Yep. Uh, Spondy's double stressed. Yeah. Um, and then I am, which is like I am Bikmintama, which is a lot of people know that's unstressed stressed. And the dactyl is the the three banger because yep. that's what Homer and all those guys were. God, and God, a God. pterodactyl is a prehistoric <laughs> flying dinosaur. <laughs> no, that's that's an anapest. <laughs> You're being a little bit of a pest at the moment. <laughs> all right, so I give um, <laughs> um, I give. Savage Detectives, 13 out of 14 syllables from the trochaic heptameter. I give um, Toe, long-ass name of that album. I'm not going to say it because I don't have it up. I give that 14 out of 14 syllables of a trochaic heptameter. And this beer, the Cape May uh, Tan Limes, I'm going to give it um, 8 out of 14 syllables of a trochaic heptameter. Nice. Great. So I was counting the syllables. It's out of 14. That's no, good. I like it. I like it. I agree. Very poetic. Way to take the poetry theme. Uh, Nick, you want to do yours? Sure. Um, for the Savage Detectives, I will give 13 of 14 syllables in trochaic heptameter. Look at that nice. English teacher turn D. Um, <laughs> for Toes, the book about my idle plot on a vague anxiety, I will also give a 13 out of 14 syllables of trochaic heptameter. And um, for 
the Alchemist's vocal banger. That's getting 14 out of 14 syllables in trochaic heptameter. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> uh, there, there is, before I do mine, there is one question I wanted to pose, which um, Bolano poses in the book. Do we think that visceral realism was a poetry movement started to try and win back uh, a girl who had dumped uh, Bolano? Maria. Oh my, oh my God, I hope so. I hope No, not Maria, is. Laura. Laura. Oh, yes. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Maria hope was Juan's, Maria was right. Juan's Maria girl. Was yeah. Juan. I mean, there's so many, you're, you know, no harm or foul. I Do we think that, because she, she posits that in the book. I hope so much that Bolano wrote this just to get some stank on his hang low. <laughs> be like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you. And this poet. is the book that does it for him too. This is the yeah. book that does it. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really funny and I can't believe I fucking forgot to mention it. And I'm going to say no more about it. Cause that was the best response we could ask for Daniel. Cheers to you. Um, well fucking done. <laughs> um, the savage detectives. I too give a 13 out of 14 syllables of uh, trachea captameter. Um, Toes, a book about a, uh, what is it? I always want to say like feudal plot on a vague anxiety. Um, (laughs) Something like. uh, I fucking lost it. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I give that a a 13.5 syllables of trachea captameter. And this Modelo Chalada Mango and Chili. Um, had it been a 12 ounce, I think I would have given it a, a perfect score. 13 out of 5 as well, though, because this, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's so goddamn good, but it's a lot. Uh, syllables of trochaic heptameter. Wonderful. Excellent. Take it away, Take it away Skitch. Take it away, <laughs> Skitch. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to the 11th episode of Season 5 of Book Record Beer. We got one more for you this year before we just jump to the next month and give you another season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, make sure you follow us on social media at facebook.com slash bookrecordbeerpodcast, on Twitter at bookrecordbeer, and on Instagram at book.record.beer. Hey, we're everywhere podcasts can be listening to, motherfucker. So go listen. Yeah. Spotify. Even in the, even in the, the back of is... a small car. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, dear listener. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hola.